0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give it up for that jam they had going there, (laughs) right? Praise the Lord, hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, I definitely ate too much, gained five pounds in one day, don't step on the scale after Thanksgiving, I did it, so we're going to be fasting for two weeks now, no food, just water. Okay, we are on our series titled the Exalted Christ series from the book of John. And we're gonna be turning to John chapter nine, picking up last week, where Pastor Dave talked about a man that was born blind. He talked about all the lies that the enemy can put on people because they're born with struggles. And it's crucial for all of us to understand that he was born blind and he was touched by the power of God and then he could see physically. Now, today's message is about a different kind of sight, and there's something that we keep saying over and over and over again, and in particular, in regards to the book of John, and we keep saying, see him higher so that you'll live higher. You see, when the higher uh, uh, the revelation that we get of Jesus, the higher we'll live for him but it's by revelation. We need to see him higher. Here we have people in the presence of Jesus who didn't really see him. You see, they really didn't understand him. They didn't really see him. The purpose of the book of John is so that we could see him higher. Look at what A.W. Tozer said. He said, what comes into our minds when we first think about God is the most important thing about us. Let me say that one more time. What comes into our minds when we first think about God is the most important thing about us. And what we're going to see is that that man received physical sight. But even though you would think that being, you know, born blind, that the moment he actually received physical sight was the greatest moment of his life. It was amazing. It was fantastic. But it actually wasn't the most important moment. The most important moment was yet to come. And that's the title of the message today is the most important Moment." And before we start to unpack this from uh, the passage of Scripture, I want to say that the most important moment that we're going to highlight is a moment that should continue to take place in the life of every believer. Number two, the most important moment is actually crucial and fundamental to this season. If you're a Christian, you need to understand today's truth so that we can tell people about Jesus. Okay, so this is a very, very important message. um, And we all need to like drink in deep for two reasons. First, for ourselves but secondarily, when we walk out of here, it's Christmas time. Everybody say "Merry Christmas." Just turn to your left, say "Merry Christmas." I don't do this often. To the right, say "Merry Christmas." Hopefully, that's the first time you got you said "Merry Christmas" to somebody this year, right here at Chicago Tabernacle, <laughs> right? And uh, uh, this is a unique time um, in our country because I I always feel like a an openness and yet an emptiness comes upon the land. People feel like if they don't know the Lord, they feel like they want something more and they're longing for this sense of connection and closeness and uh, we have the answer. How many would say amen? Amen. We have the answer. So let's look here at this. We're picking up, here's what happens. A young man is born, uh, 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 he's born blind. He goes his whole life. And, uh, and then Jesus, he has an encounter with Jesus, Jesus heals him. The Pharisees, the religious establishment, start to question him about what happened, who touched him, all of those things. And the more credit he gives to Jesus, the more he's actually rejected. At a certain point, he actually was excommunicated and kicked out of the temple. Now, it's very, very important. Let me just say one more thing before we unpack this. It's very, very important for us to understand that many times the religious people are the ones who miss God the most. You see? Because there is a vast difference between religion and the God-intended relationship that we're supposed to have. You can be religious and not have a relationship with Jesus. You see, you can be be enthralled with tradition. You can be enthralled with ceremony, but that doesn't mean you have a relationship with Jesus. And so these people, instead of being anxious to discover who touched him, they actually kicked him out. They kicked him out. And here's what happens And and we're going to see the most important moment in, in just a moment. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And then the man said, read this. the rest of the sentence with me. Ready? Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. That is the most important moment. The most important moment was not when he received physical sight. The most important moment was when he saw Jesus for who he really is as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's physical sight, but how many know it's greater to understand with spiritual sight? Physical sight is great, but spiritual sight is way more important. This was the greatest moment. This was the most important moment. It's, he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see. Does he mean that everyone is physically blind? No, he's talking about spiritual blindness. Yes. So that the blind will see, and those who will see will become blind. Now, we've been covering this topic over the last two or three weeks. There is a spiritual kingdom principle. If you reject God, if you say, I don't agree with you, if you say, I know more than you, if you say, I see better than what the word of God says, then actually you stop seeing. If you say, I don't agree with you, God, then you get, instead of the nearness of God, you get opposition from God. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So here you see people battling it out with God. It says some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked what? Are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. If you, if you said, look, I don't know and I need help, then, then I would forgive you. Very important, guys. Okay? But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. And so, this is a very, very powerful, a very, very important passage that reflects the difference between religion and relationship. Okay? And it reveals the fact that the most important moment, okay, that we can ever have is when we see Jesus for who he really is. Here's what happened in the blind man's life, and then I'm gonna, I wanna, I want to uh, um, pray. The blind man, when he first saw Jesus, when he first experienced Jesus, he referred to him as a man. By the way, please, if you haven't heard last week's message, go home and hear it. Powerful, really important. This message builds on that message. Secondarily, when he, then he mentioned that Jesus was a prophet, but this was the moment that he saw Jesus as Lord. He saw him for who he really is. And what I want to do is I want to pray that we would see Jesus for who he really is. Now, I mentioned a few moments ago that this is something that, can, that should continue to happen because the older you get in God, the more revelation you should have of God. The longer you serve God the more excited and joyful you should be in God because Jesus is a never-ending, unfolding revelation of his glory. Jesus never gets boring. How many would say amen? He never gets boring. You're gonna see a lot of things in life that will make you wonder momentarily. But with Jesus, it's a never-ending wonder. We go from glory to glory and from strength to strength. Amen. And even before I pray, here's why you know that this is true. When you read in the book of Revelation, you see these angelic beings, the, the, the cherubim and the seraphim. And, and you you hear them worshiping God. You see the the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of the, the Lord of hosts, the army of God, the angels of God. And over and over and over they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know, all glory and power and wisdom and glory do we ascribe to thee. And they, they bow down over and over and over again because even though they've been there since he eternity pass. every time they look at jesus they get a fresh revelation of his glory and power and when we get to heaven it'll take all of eternity all of eternity it'll never end we'll just be crying holy 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 is the lord God, god almighty the heavens and earth are filled with his glory you get bored of everyone else but how many know we'll never get bored of jesus never get bored of Jesus he's amazing he's wonderful so I want to pray today because even if you've been serving God for 30 years how many know there's some fresh things he wants to show you about himself fresh things the most important moment in our lives is when we see him for who he really is let's pray father we thank you For this day, we thank you for this time. I ask that in the remaining moments of this service that somehow by your spirit you would make this a one-on-one conversation between you and your people. God, help my feeble lips today. God, use me as a vessel, as an instrument, Lord. But Lord, meet each and every one of us, Lord. Help us to see you for who you really are. Lord, even in the midst of what we're going through and what we're living through right now. Bless this word and our time together. And everyone said in the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, you know that there's no sermon that could truly unpack who Jesus is. We can only scratch the surface of it Um, But we're going to, from the perspective of this man's experience and uh, and encounter, we're going to look at what he learned about Jesus because this applies to all of us. And uh, when we see Jesus for who he really is, first of all, first of all, we should see Jesus as a finder. Everyone say finder. Jesus is a finder okay? Jesus is a finder. Look at this. It says, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, so here's what happened. Jesus comes across this man. He's blind. Jesus heals him. He puts mud on his eyes and sends him away, but he heals him. He has a brush with God. He has an encounter with God, and then he goes away. He has a miracle. He experiences a miracle from God, but still, after he experienced the miracle, Jesus went and found him. Jesus still went after him. Why? Because Jesus was a finder. A lot of people love encounters with God. They love a brush with God. But just because you have a brush with God doesn't mean you found God. You can find God. And when you find God, it's deep and personal and powerful. And it stops being like, you know, what happened to who happened to you? It's Jesus happened to you. Jesus came into your life. And he changed you and transformed you and set you free. A lot of people think that because of our behavior, okay, Jesus doesn't come after us. But you don't even understand Jesus if you don't see Jesus as a finder. You see, here's what's unique about Jesus. What's unique about Jesus is that in his exalted nature, he spends his energy trying to find us instead of creating barriers for us. Listen very closely, everyone, please. Very important. This is very important for you and when you have a conversation this week, perhaps, about God, okay, about this season. Why do we celebrate the birth of Christ? All of the philosophies and religions justify the existence of their God from their exalted distance, okay? Jesus confirms his existence through his exalted nearness, So here's what that means, okay? And forgive me for personal references, but think about a 17-year-old trying to find God. Okay, so I'm trying to find God. So I grew up in my family, there was Santeria and Epiriti, Mohamedo, that's us, voodoo and hoodoo. (laughs) Okay, I grew up with voodoo. Okay, sacrifices of animals, all kinds of craziness, things that would make you just bone-chilling. Right. So there was there was that. And then as an athlete, I was introduced to something called transcendental meditation. Now, that's what they they teach athletes to meditate and to do mental rehearsal before they compete. They do this with Olympians. So I went and actually paid for a class and I paid for a class. And then when I got to the end of the class, it was all meditation. Then they took me into this room and there was this idol and it was like a Hindu idol. And they had us they had me try to worship. Okay, so there's all types of religions and philosophies, and here's what stood out and was amazing. It doesn't matter what religion you look at, okay? Jesus, Jesus uses his energy to try to get close to us, even though he's the son of the living God. Now, all other religions say, Yeah, God is real, but he's far away. God is real. He's far away and you have to worship him. And then here's what they say. And there are all of these barriers that you have to scale and hopefully then he'll accept you. Okay, you go and check. You sincere, you want to find God? You want to find the truth? Go find this out all other religions some say you got to pray five times a day some say you got to take a trip here some say you've got to sacrifice some say you got to meditate some say you've got to keep behaving you know you ask the average person hey are you going to heaven then well you know i give I give, you know, I give to the poor when I can and I try to do good things. In other words, everyone has this mindset of rules, of regulations, of barriers. I got to do this and I got to do that. I got to do this. That is the basis of all philosophies. This is the right way to live. Live like this. Live like that. Don't harm people. Don't do this. Don't do that. Only Christianity. Only Jesus comes down. Only Jesus draws near. Only Jesus says, yes, there is a barrier. That barrier is sin. But I've come to pay. So that barrier will be removed. I'll pay with my own life. No one else. Next time you talk about religion, ask someone, where's the Savior? Ask them, where's the Savior in your faith? Where's the Savior in your philosophy? You see, look. A great theologian put it this way. His name was John Stott. He said, at the cross of Christ, okay, the love of God and the justice of God met. So that no one could ever call God a hypocrite. No one could say, those people did evil and you gave them a pass into heaven. Why? Because God would say they did do evil, but you know what? I paid the price for them. And then on the flip side, no one could say that God is cruel because he doesn't let people into heaven. Because he says, no, I came to the earth, and so that everyone could get into heaven, I lived a living hell myself. I took on the sins of the world. Because of my love, I paid the price that I didn't have to pay. How many are thankful that Jesus paid the price for us today? You see, that's what sets Christianity apart. That's what makes Jesus so unique. Take any philosophy, take any religion, and you're going to find barrier, barrier, barrier. The five rules, the, the, this is the way, these are the guiding values, but nobody can fulfill the guiding values. But Jesus came and said, even though you can't fulfill the guiding values, I have come to pay the price so that you could be near to me. And he keeps on keeping on. He just continues to find us. Maybe you walked in the building today, you know, and you're one of those people. It's like we were in New York uh, last Sunday preaching for my father-in-law. I was in Costa Rica during the week. I was with 50 missionaries. Did training for three or four days, then went to New York and uh, I preached at Brooklyn Tabernacle. And we were in a cab, and it was uh, my wife, myself, and my mother-in-law, and when we were driving, we were in a cab going from Manhattan to um, Brooklyn, the guy, at a certain point, started cursing. He went on a tirade, you know? And, um, uh, and I, I have to tell you the truth, I really wanted to come out of my face. Um, If only my wife was there, I would have come out of my face. I didn't you know, try to behave in front of my mother-in-law, you know, be a nice Christian, but I really wanted to talk to the guy. So, but anyway, it stopped. We're in the cab. My mother-in-law got out of the car and Chrissy kept going. Chrissy and I kept going in the cab for a few more blocks. And as we're going in the cab, the guy says, so what brings you to New York? Oh, I was, I was like, serve that baby up. I'm going to hit that one right out of the park. So, so, well, it just so happens that I'm a pastor in Chicago. My wife is a music minister. We're both in the ministry, and we're preaching tomorrow at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. He goes, oh, no, yes, that guy. And then we said, and the lady who got out of the car, she and her husband, they passed her the Brooklyn Tabernacle. He said, no! He's like, no, no way, impossible. He was like, oh, he says, when I get up there to heaven, I'm gonna ask the big G to forgive me. That's what he said. And I said, I said, don't wait till then. You can talk to him right now. You can talk to him right now. And listen, listen. And then, then as we talked, he said, I drop people off there all the time. And we said, you should go. You should go to the church. And he said, no, I can't. He said, I can't. Do you know how many times people even walk into the building and they think to themselves, like, there's a barrier between me and God. You don't know what I did. Do you know he really does know what you did? know it's like you know that secret thing that secret that nobody knows that you've been holding for however many years you know he knows all things his eyes are like fire the bible says he sees right through everything you see you feel shame and you're trying to hide something from god that you can't hide but see what you have to understand is that instead of seeing your own shame and your own failure You need to recognize that Jesus is a finder. He's going after you and if he'll have one brush with you and if you don't get it, just like in this story, guess what he'll do? He'll come to find you again. And you could have 20 brushes with jesus some people have 20 brushes with jesus but guess what if you don't really find him then he's gonna come back again how many know he'll come back and again and again and again and again because that's who he is and look even in god i've been in seasons where as a christian I kind of got, I lost my spiritual sight and sort of lost my way. You ever been there where all of a sudden you can't see? You don't see with faith. You don't see with with truth. Things get kind of crazy. But even as a believer, sometimes you lose your way. And what you really need is for Jesus to find you and for you to find Jesus. Maybe you're here today. You need a fresh finding of the living God today. To come boldly to him because he wants to be found. Still, fix this, fix that, fix. No, 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 no. It's find me, Jesus. I need to find you. Everybody say, start with the finding. That's where you need to start. Start with the finding. And so it's important for us to understand Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, because he's a finder. I hope that in this coming month, you tell a whole bunch of people that Jesus is a finder. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's tell everybody in Chicago that Jesus is a finder. Can we put our hands together? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes. The whole world could reject you. They could. They excommunicated him. And what did Jesus do? He went to find him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Number two, when we see Jesus for who he is, really is, we come to see Jesus as a healer. Everyone say healer. healer. We come to see Jesus as a healer. Look, this was a very important moment. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. You see, now this man had a meeting with God where his eyes were healed, his physical eyes were healed, but there was something deeper that was needed. You see, this was actually like a double healing because what really needed to happen is Jesus needed to touch and heal his heart. You see, what we need is for Jesus to really come and touch and heal our hearts. Listen, true healing is more than physical and results in wholeness. True healing. Everybody say true healing. True healing is deeper than the physical. A lot of people, they have encounters with God. And I always get concerned about people who are addicted to encounters with God. And then after the encounter, they just do their own thing. How many know if you have an encounter with God at church, it's so that you'll keep walking with Him when you leave church? It's not just a moment, oh, Jesus touched me and I can see Jesus healed me, Jesus did A or Jesus did B. There's a lot of things that Jesus will do, but what He really needs to do is make us whole in our hearts. You see, Jesus came so that we would be made whole. The moment that man started to worship Jesus, the true healing began. Because now he's saying, no more idols on my heart. No more kings on my heart. There's only one king, and his name is Jesus. Lord, I believe, and I worship you, and you alone. And when you start to worship Jesus, and Jesus alone, that's when the wholeness begins. That's when the transformation begins. There's so much more than physical to healing healing is something deep it's internal you know I remember being a a a kid and uh, 17 and, and getting saved and that's when crack was just going crazy you know how many remember crack you know when crack came on the scene now it's like opioids and all of these different there's always a new drug of choice And I remember meeting, I didn't know anything about Christianity, but I remember one of my cousins was a doctor and uh, he said, what are you doing? I just started going to church and actually last night I was out with these guys who were hooked on drugs or whatever, you know, all of these guys doing crack. He said, don't waste your time with the guys who do crack. He said, you can't fix that, It's, it's too strong, it's too this. And I looked at him and said, look, I may not be a doctor, I don't know a lot of things, but I know one thing. Jesus can fix crack. Jesus can fix anything. How many know Jesus can fix anything? And so listen, brothers and sisters, when God meets you, he wants to heal you. When he meets you, he wants to heal you, but we have to understand that it's more than physical. When you see Jesus high and lifted up, he wants to do a work in your heart that makes us whole. Come on. Come on. And see, when a person is made whole, then here's what happens. You see, take a, take a, a, a great athlete who gets an injury. So you get a, a superstar athlete. He gets injured, and he can't perform at the level that he normally would because of his injury. But if he gets healed of that injury and he comes back to full strength, 100%, all of a sudden he's enabled to do all of these things that he was made to do. His body can respond, and he can do great things. Well, it's the same thing, brothers and sisters. We have to realize that Jesus wants to heal us because when He heals us, then He's going to catapult us into into true purpose. He's going to catapult us. We're not going to live like we have a bad leg or a or a busted arm he wants us he wants to break us free of emotional trauma he wants to break us free of of hardship or pain of the past he wants to heal us deep yes physical healing is great but jesus wants to touch us deeper because when he touches us deeper listen When somebody i think about this all the time lord Let our church be a place where people come and it's not about a pastor or a singer or anybody else, but that somehow your spirit touches people deep. Because when someone is touched deep by God, has anyone here, just as a quick survey, anybody here ever been touched deep by the Lord? Can I see your hands? There's nothing like it. When Jesus touches you deep, it's not that your circumstances per se change immediately, but how many know you know that you're changed? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because whom the sun sets free, everyone, is free indeed. Can we praise God? He's a healer. God is a healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to challenge you today. Believe God for healing. Believe God for the touch that sets you free. That's who he is. That's what he does. Believe God for the touch of glory that will transform you from the inside out. Outside is great, but how many know inside is better? He wants to bring a touch to the inside. He wants to change the spirit. We can be born again and we can start on a journey of amazing, amazing Transformation. He got touched and he said there's a, he's a man, he said he's a prophet, but then he saw him for who he really is. You see, he found him, he worshipped him, and the internal healing began. How many would agree that when we walk in the doors of any church that breaches Jesus Christ may this be may this be the case not just at our church in the suburbs in the south side west side how many would agree in the worst neighborhoods we need churches that are full of the healing power of Jesus Christ how many know Chicago would change Chicago would change in fact lift your hands right now I feel that to pray really needed heal churches in the suburbs oh God they think they can see but they can't see they think they know but they don't know Lord we need you we need you to heal us to touch us deep do it by your mighty power oh God help Chicago Chicago is desperate for the real Jesus to come upon the scene Do it by your mighty power, amen and amen, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, that's what we need. When we walk into this place, how many know we need it to be a house of healing? God can turn this place into a house of hope. But not just this place, all the churches, Midwest, Dolman Assembly, all the churches, Methodist churches, Nazarene churches, wherever Jesus is lifted. Oh, may the healer show up this Sunday. Hallelujah. That should be our expectation, guys. That's the way we should see him. Amen. So. We need him to heal our hearts. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And when he said that, he was talking about spiritual things. He was talking about spiritual healing and spiritual health. And then here's the last thing, and we're gonna close here. When we see Jesus for who he really is, for who he really is, we see him as a revealer. I know we've been saying this, but I wanna break this down for a moment we see him as a revealer Jesus said for judgment I have come into this world so that everyone say so that so that what so that the blind will see why did Jesus come Jesus came so that when you and I can't see when you and I don't understand how we know Jesus can reveal what we need to see and what we need to understand because he's a revealer. That's what makes Jesus so special and so wonderful. He came into the world so that the blind will see. Now those who say they see will become more blind. We've been talking About this, but why did he come? He came so that the blind will see. And Christianity is meant to be a faith and a relationship that is packed with revelation. And when he brings revelation, his revelation brings fresh hope, fresh purpose, and fresh perspective. When you really get a revelation of who God is, look at what the Bible says. It's written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, The things God has prepared for those who love him. So even in a human sense, your eye can't see it, your ear, you can't even dream about it. But how many know God has something for you and I that's bigger and greater than even our dreams? We don't even understand when we love him. His purpose, his plan, his power will be used to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond with our lives. God has something greater for us. It says these things God has revealed by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And so you know what I love about this is that when we see Jesus, we're supposed to see him as a finder, as a healer, and as a revealer. And that revelation brings amazing hope, amazing purpose, and perspective. How many want to have a perspective of hope today? See, that's the opposite of depression. A perspective of purpose means the opposite of boredom. It's the opposite of feeling lost. God has great things in store for his people. Now look, here's how it goes when you don't see Jesus well, and we'll be closing in a minute. Could you give me the next slide? Without Jesus, here's what happens. The temporal, the temporary can seem permanent. Somebody here today, if you don't see well, you're in a temporary situation, but, you, but the devil is telling you it's permanent. And what you really need is a revelation of the true Jesus. You see, the eternal can seem trivial. Think about, think about all, anybody who's here, who's in business or in the academic field. So many times people make fun of going to heaven. They make fun of of eternal things. The eternal things are trivial, but that's just a lie. That's a deception from the enemy. That means there's a lack of revelation. You see, and without Jesus, the truth, everybody has their own kind of truth. Just, just, listen to, listen, I was, we were, as we were studying, there is a a psychologist who's done landmark work. He's influenced all kinds of different fields in regards to uh, psychology, and psychology even impacting economics and baseball and all kinds of things. And and, uh, his partner actually won a a Nobel Peace Prize because he would go on to die. But listen, two quotes from him and and then we're gonna pray. Listen to this. He said, it's frightening to think that you might know something, but more frightening to think that by and large, the world is run by people who have faith that they know exactly what is going on. Some people think they know everything and the truth of the matter is, is they know nothing. Okay? I hope you're not one of those people who gets worked up about politics as if these guys can really solve your problems. I there's no party that's gonna solve your problem. There's only the king of glory who can really solve the problems. Can I get an amen? Some people who want right now, they going, oh, I love my, love my Republicans, love my Democrats. Yeah, just keep changing, keep changing. You see, some people think they know, but they don't know. How many know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? And look, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. Look at what he said. He actually, he was asked how he felt months prior to dying of cancer. And here's what he said. This man was so insightful. He said, you know, it's funny. When you have the flu, you feel like you're going to die. But when you're dying, most of the time, you feel just fine. What do you mean by that? he meant that if you don't see things correctly you think that something is good when it's bad and then you think that something is bad when it's not that bad you know what's required we need a revealer we need jesus the revealer (laughs) and you might be here just like that you might feel like this is the worst season of my life and you know what it's just temporary everybody says just temporary What you need is a revelation of Jesus. That's what we need. Some of us, we need to find Jesus afresh and anew. Even if you've been serving 20 years, you know why people get stale in their walk with God? It's because they find Jesus and they live off of that old relationship. How many know there's something fresh and new to your walk with God? You can find him afresh and anew. Some people are stuck Because even though they come to church, you haven't opened up your heart and let him heal you. Healing is way more than physical. And then there are others that are meandering their way and what you need is revelation of his purpose. Let's lift our hands to him. Come on, this is the Lord's house. The spirit of the Lord is here. Close your eyes. Lift your hands up to God. Spirit of God, come like the dawn. now you know at the end of a message that's the time to respond to God that's the time to respond to his word there are people here today you need to find Jesus in a fresh way there are people here today you've walked in and you're sad and you're hurt and you're you're experiencing deep challenges jesus is able to touch you in your heart he can heal faith says it doesn't matter what i'm experiencing i believe that jesus is the savior there are people here today you're lacking that clarity of purpose and perspective we won't But if you're here, we're going to sing that again. Slip out of your seat and come to the altar. We're just going to pray a collective prayer together. Come on, let's respond to the word of the Lord. Come and make your way as we begin to sing. Spirit of God, everyone, reach out to God and sing. If you're in the seat, stretch out your hand towards the front right now. And I want you to raise your voice and I want you to pray for a fresh revelation of Jesus right now. I want you to, I want everyone in the building to begin to pray for the healing touch. God, we lift up your people. We lift up our brothers and sisters. God, you know what comes to the altar this day. And we thank you that all the answers, all the solutions are found with you. You have the power. The glory, God, would you release your loving power all over this altar? Heal where healing needs to take place. Bring transformation, bring revelation, oh God. God, change perspective and purpose by your mighty power, oh God. God, show yourself, reveal yourself fresh and new. Make today the most important moment of their lives, oh God. Bring transformation transformation by your mighty presence and spirit and power blessed be your name now listen everyone take hands here's how we're going to close the meeting we're going to pray right now for the person don't pray for yourself pray for the person to the left and to the right Very oftentimes we make an altar call and half of the people who should come don't even come for whatever reason. But we praise God because he's a finder. And I wanna believe God to reach out to somebody. Maybe there's someone here who sees and they don't really see the way they should see. Hallelujah. We wanna pray for the revealer to turn the light on. And we wanna pray that that revelation of Jesus would carry over and then we would go into this city and tell everyone about Jesus. But it it begins with our personal revelation of who Jesus is. Could you begin to pray right now to the left and to the right? I want you to pray for fresh revelation of who he is. Come on, pray. Come on, we are all candidates, pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, from the left to the right, from the front to the back, revelation of Jesus. Reveal yourself by your mighty power today, O oh God. send us out to bring you glory and honor and praise and everyone said amen can we put our hands together and bless him